Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back. It is Wednesday. <clears throat> I had to think for a second there. It's been one of those weeks, but it is Wednesday, November the 2nd, 2022, and it's 7 a.m. here at the Mance. I tell you, it's hard to believe that it's November. Hard to believe that the time is changing this coming weekend, but I tell you, it sure is dark outside for 7 a.m., so it is time, but Anyway, I hope that y'all are doing well. Um, I'd like to thank everybody that came out yesterday for Kim's service. Um, everything went really well. Boy, there was a lot of people there, which is not surprising because Kim had such an effect on so many people's lives. Um, we enjoyed a, a fabulous meal together afterwards and the ladies at Old Providence as usual. Goodness, y'all are amazing. Really, really amazing. So, Thank you all for all of your hard work, and you know who you are that, that work so hard to make things like that happen. But it is good to be back with you this morning. I hope that you have a good Wednesday stretching out in front of you. I can tell you that I've had a great start to my Wednesday morning. Um, I've had a taste of home here, the, the caviar of the South. I don't know if you know what that is, but those are boiled peanuts right there yeah somebody from the church was kind enough they actually found some raw peanuts up here and uh, they gave some to amanda and she put them in the crock pot yesterday at one o'clock in the afternoon and here we are oh 18 hours later and uh enjoying them immensely well i am she doesn't know that yet and some people say "Ooh, boiled peanuts that's disgusting well look y'all if you've ever had, if the only experience you've ever had with boiled peanuts are those that come out of the can in the grocery store, and those aren't bad if you treat them right and if you do them right, okay? Um, but if it's gas station boiled peanuts, that's like saying, ooh, a turkey dinner, and the only turkey dinner you've ever had has come out of like a, a box in the freezer. Don't compare. Again, it's the caviar of the deep south. Um, but we can argue about things like whether boiled peanuts are good or not some other time. We have more important things in front of us. Now, where we are picking up today in our study in the gospel according to John is in chapter 12. And we ended yesterday in verse 43. And I ended rather abruptly, and I, and I didn't mean to be terse, and I don't mean to be insensitive. Like I said, this is where we're picking up today. It's this whole issue that is definitely pertaining to what's going on with Jesus here, right? Where we find out that, well, verse 42, yet at the same time, many among the leaders believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue for they loved praise from men more than praise from God. See what's going on here is knowledge is not the problem y'all as it is with counseling as it is with life's troubles you know the grand majority of time knowing what the right thing to do is not the issue right um our boiled peanuts with enough salt in them to choke a camel the the most healthy breakfast for me well i could be eating something a lot worse than peanuts they're actually rather good for you but Yo, the problem is not knowing. The problem is our want to is busted. The problem is we know, but we don't care, right? We're going to do what we want to do. That was the problem here. Now, there are applications to this that stretched us today. That's what I left off with yesterday. 
that's what we'll pick up with today. But let me pray before we go any further. Our God and our Father, we thank you for the day that you have given to us, the fact that we are alive, the fact that we um, have a new day of opportunity to praise you, to trust you, to testify to you, to do what you want us to do. Help us to remember that our lives are not our own, that we belong to you, that we were purchased at a price, the highest price ever. Uh, the, the blood of Jesus Christ bought us. So please help us to be about your business. As we start this day, or not knowing when people are going to find this, maybe it's at the end of the day, I don't know. But as we come into this time, we pray that we would use it well. We pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us in it. We pray that the applications of your word would not fall on ears that cannot hear, that the truth of your word would not go before eyes that cannot see. Instead, open our eyes, open our ears by your Holy Spirit. I pray it in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so we are in John chapter 12. As I said, the situation here is very clear with the Jewish leaders. Jesus has done the signs, y'all. Um, he has performed the miracles they have seen. They've listened to Jesus talk. They've heard him debate with others. And as we just read, there are many that recognize who he is. There are many that actually do believe the things that he's saying, but they'll never confess it. And despite the fact that they believe it, they'll never follow him. Why? For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Another way to look at this is they love the things of the world more than the things of heaven. Now, definitely, this is what's going on in this passage, okay? But there is application for today. Y'all, so often we confuse mental acceptance with true belief. We confuse mental belief with acting from faith. Y'all, what we are called to do is believe. However, that believing is the manifestation of faith, trusting. And trusting, <clears throat> excuse me, is not an idea. Trusting is an action. And no, I'm not saying that we're saved by faith or that we're saved by works. We're saved by faith. I affirm that. But y'all, faith always has wheels on it. You know, I've used this example before, I think for children's messages, but this uh, this chair that I'm sitting in right here, right? This I'm right here at the kitchen table and the mats, you know, the Blue Ridge is right out that way and the sheep too. But, you know, I could look at this chair this morning and I can say, hmm, looks like a good chair. I could say, don't see any cracks in the chair. There's no dust on the floor beside it. When I moved it out from the table, it didn't feel wobbly. I could even say, hmm, I know that I've sat in that chair before. So yeah, I believe it's trustworthy. Well, what good is it saying that if I never sit down, right? I, I have belief that has no results. I have, I have belief that has no, no action associated with it. It's the same way with these people. They believe that Jesus is who he said he was. They believe he's the Messiah, but they're not going to do anything about it. They're not going to confess him. And it's remarkable that this specific group is mentioned because we know that they're the ones, the leaders, that if they had confessed him, it would have made a gigantic difference. They're not going to do it. Um, we know that, that they do recognize him to be who he said he would be, but 
According to verse 43, they love praise from men more than praise from God. And y'all, the application that we see to today's life is this goes on all the time. All the time, there are people, we got a real problem, especially in the Southern United States. And it's called, I don't know who said it first, so I, I don't even know who to quote. A lot of people have said it, so I'm just going to rip it off. But it's called the inoculation of the gospel. You know, you're inoculated against something, you get just enough of it so that your body can build a response and you never get it all the way. You know, that's what happens with the gospel. A lot of times, especially in the Bible Belt, in permeated areas, people hear about Jesus, they know about Jesus, they have it in their mind that he's exactly who God's word says he is, but they're not going to live in light of that because they don't have faith. And it breaks my heart. It really does, because it's not only parents that come to me concerned about their children, but it's friends of mine, right? I'm 41 years old now. <clears throat> this whole 25 to 40 age is, is the, the demographic where we're losing people, right? Where, where and, and some might say it's 18 to 35, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm at this stage in life where there are people that I know who previously confessed Jesus Christ, who said that they loved the Lord and wanted to follow him, they have completely abandoned the faith. I know that goes on with, with believers, their adult children, completely abandon the faith. And you know why? And I, and I love you enough to tell you the truth because you need to be praying the right way. As it is with my friends, so it is with, uh, with your children, if this is the case, y'all. We do what we want to do. And what we do is the manifestation of what we believe. We can say all day long, all day long, I believe in fill in the blank. But if your actions don't support it, you don't believe in it. You know, don't cut your children, don't cut your friends, don't cut the people in your life any more slack than you would cut a politician. You know, what drives people crazy about politicians is when they say things like, well, I'm personally opposed to abortion, but I'm going to support it, you know, because of this reason over here. Then if you're going to support it, support it. Just don't lie about it. Don't lie and call lying what it is. We've got enough lying going on in the world. It's not a half truth. There's no such thing as a half truth, just like there's no such thing as being half dead or half pregnant. You are or you aren't. It's true or it's untrue, right? Paul lies what they are. There's no such thing as being personally opposed to something, but then supporting it with your life. What you do with your life exposes who you are. And I say that with a heavy heart because I know I need forgiveness. And I know that I blow it, right? Nevertheless, that is manifest when it comes to Jesus Christ. You know, people say to me, well, I know that they believe. I remember when they were children that the you know, or as I think about my own friends, I know that this individual at one time said that he loved the Lord, but y'all, what we do is who we are. Belief in and of itself without faith is nothing. It's, it's the same response that the demons get, right? You know, demons believe in God and they shudder. That don't matter. We're talking about devotion here. We're talking about really following God. That's what's going on. And so because that was what was going on and because Jesus is addressing the rest of the crowd, verse 44 says, then Jesus cried out. When a man believes in me, <clears throat> excuse me, he does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. 
When he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Again, what we find here is the same paradigm that we found in verse 35 and 36. Jesus is not audibly being questioned, right? But he's in the midst of this crowd. Some believe, some doubt, all these different things. What does Jesus do? He calls on the people to believe. He calls on the people to have faith in him. But Jesus makes a note of something here, something powerful. And it's that you can't separate him from the Father. And in the same way that when you look at Jesus, you see God. When you look at God, you see Jesus. You can't have faith in one without the other. What's the chief issue that he's dealing with here? He's dealing with a bunch of Pharisees and Jewish leaders who claim to be the sons of Abraham, who claim to follow God, who claim to follow the law, who claim to do everything that God's word says. And, and they do make a good run at it. The problem is they've denied God. <clears throat> they want God's word. They just don't want God. You know, sometimes we face the opposite thing. We got people that want God, but don't want his word. Can't separate them. Cannot do it. Author of Hebrews talks about this, and he says he, he equates the word of God with the gospel of Jesus Christ and says, how can we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? In other words, you can't ignore God's word. You can't ignore Jesus Christ. You can't ignore God the Father. You can't ignore God the Holy Spirit. It's a package deal. And when you try to separate things with this cafeteria mentality of I'll have this and this and this, but why don't you just keep that? No, thank you. It's not how Christianity works. It's not how faith works. And as evidence of it not being how faith works, look at the world around you. You know, it's this idea of wanting God, but not really wanting to follow Jesus that has resulted in where we are. It's the idea of wanting to possess God and possess eternal security and yet at the same time not surrender your life to him. The have your cake and eat it too approach. You know, Jesus told us what it means to follow him. It's to lay down our cross and to die daily. That's it. That's it. To give our life to him and to trust him. That's it. And for anybody to not do that, there is no such thing as rejecting Jesus and still having God. What did Jesus say? Uh, right, we're going to get to it very soon here. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, right? So Jesus continues in verse 47. As for the person who hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save it. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. That very word which I spoke will condemn him at the last day. For I did not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. I know that this command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Now, we can't get hung up on certain ideals here and run with them. Jesus is saying here, I'm not judging anybody. Does that mean that Jesus won't judge on the last day? Absolutely not. He's talking about what's going on in time and space right then, right there, okay? And what he has revealed is that he is there right then, right there, at that time, at that point, 
to do what the Lord has called him to do, and that is to redeem all those that the Father would give him. That's why he's doing what he's doing. But he does point out something else. Something else that we would do very well to hear. Sorry, Boo is rubbing up against the computer and trying to get to these boiled peanuts. But anyway, something else that we would be very that we would do very well to understand to apply. Y'all, as he said in verse 47, as for the person who hears my words but does not keep them. Y'all, this is where the rubber meets the road. Lots of people ask me, how do I know that I'm a Christian? How do I know that I'm really following Jesus Christ? Examine yourself. I say this all the time. Number one, are you trusting in him alone for your salvation? Do you know you can't work your way to heaven? Do you know that it won't be anything else that saves you? Number two, do you hate your sin? Not are you perfect. If you could be perfect, Jesus wouldn't have come in the first place, right? But do you hate your sin? Do you grapple with it? Do you try to kill it? Trusting and help and empowerment from the Holy Spirit to do so. If you're doing that, then this is in correlation with that. Hearing the word of Christ. Doing the word of Christ. What did Jesus say? If you love me, you'll what? You'll keep my commandments. And no, this doesn't mean that we will keep them perfectly, but it does mean that we should strive, that we should keep on going, trusting all the while. What Jesus has just done with this crowd is he said, hey, you want to see God? Look at me. You want to do what God wants? Do what I tell you to do. My word cannot be separated from his word because my word is his word. And we know from John 1 that Jesus is the living word. In effect, what Jesus has done is he's left them no other place to go. Either they will follow him or they will reject him. And my friends, that's what we face today. Really and truly, either you'll love him and follow him or you will reject him and do your own thing. But we got to get real. we got to get serious about how the world works. we got to get real about what's going on. Why? Verse 50, I know that his command <clears throat> leads to eternal life. Eternal life is our goal. Eternal life is, is what the Lord calls us to. But that eternal life starts now. Yes, we will taste death or Jesus will return. I don't deny that. But Christianity is about life for the living and about following the Lord. Examine yourself. Examine those in your life that you're worried about and pray properly for them and for yourself. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the calling of your son that he leaves us no place to go. We will either reject him and love, or reject him, um, and turn away from him or love him and do what he has called us to do. Thank you for empowering us by your Holy Spirit to trust. Thank you for the gift of faith. We pray that it would increase more and more, that we would use the faith that we have. Please guide us and direct us. Help us to pray for those who are lost and not pretend that they aren't, but to pray for them diligently. And I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank you all for being here. What an honor it is to have this time with you. I see that we've got...
Christine and Becky, and there's Wayne, and then there's Elizabeth and Rose and Monica, and then the other Becky, yes, and then there is Monica again, leave Boo alone, and no, 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 when he's jamming his head up against the back of the computer and it's doing like this, Boo has uh, it's got to be handled, he's not allowed on the table anyway, crazy cat, all right, y'all have a great Wednesday, we'll see you tomorrow morning.